I tell you what, if we're going to start talking about Italian people to celebrate, why not Joe Mantegna? That's what I want to oh know. Oh, my God. <laughs> National <laughs> effing treasure. I mean, I'm all for Indigenous People's Day. Let's keep that. Let's make that the thing. But if we're going to celebrate an Italian in this country, the Joe next, Mantegna. Joe Mantegna needs to be the I next mean, day. Holy God. Oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> Hey, welcome, welcome to, back to the show. A Visitor's Guide to Springfield, uh, the show in which uh, we watch The Simpsons and Greg gets to uh, discover the show for the first time. That's Greg Bach. I am Greg Bach, and that's Tyler Menz. I'm Tyler Menz, and uh, we're here to talk to you about ba- basically social issues Oop. like Joe Montana not having his own day. Say that one more time. Do that again. We're here to talk to you about social issues, basically like Joe Montana not having his own special holiday oh my god he's such a treasure he's such a treasure <laughs> i love joe Mantegna. he's he's and about, i was so happy that he could be in this episode yes and we today we watched bart the murderer uh season four season three episode four mm-hmm. almost got it this switched 29 years almost to the day old premiered and i would say this gray is the start officially for me of like the good season the good seasons okay. like this is the okay. real nest egg we hit the sweet spot part the okay. murder is a right. really fun episode i i really like this one a lot it's wacky and i enjoyed the wackiness that's why i like it man yeah you know me they should have named me jackie because i am wacky in fact which is actually funny because the cereal that uh, Lisa is eating are called Jackie O's. Jackie O's. Nice, nice uh, reference to Jackie Onassis, a, uh, formerly Mrs. Kennedy. That is a good pull. That is a good with, pull. With a, a prize inside of it of a free, uh, free stretch pants in the cereal. And that's great. That's also a great prize. I'm wearing my, my free stretch pants right now, baby. He's been wearing them <laughs> since 1989, baby. <laughs> Do you have memories of free stuff in cereal? Free like, stuff, what is it? yeah. yeah. Uh, baseball cards. They used to get, get like a little pack of baseball cards in some cereals. Interesting. I or never got that. a Hot Wheel. I think I got a Hot Wheel mm-hmm. in one once. You know what? More than toys and cereals. I don't know if this was a thing uh, in Wisconsin, but in in St. Louis where I grew up, it was. They used to put a sampler sized box of cereal. Sometimes, inside cereal? No, they would put the sampler box sometimes inside the newspaper, like the sleeve with the newspaper, as like a promotional mm-hmm. thing. And then you got a free <sighs> breakfast on Sundays, and it was that was my jam. I love a little box of cereal. I feel like that did happen, but I can't remember. It doesn't. It doesn't sound crazy. Oh yeah, I mean going to a hotel and grabbing a box of cereal, and and you know especially when you could you know. I'll take a box of Fruit Loops. I'll take a box of Raisin Bran. Throw those things together and see what happens. I like that. See what kind of craziness. It's a real grandma's house breakfast for me. Because grandma doesn't buy fun cereals, but she'll buy the sampler side. You know, the Because she knows box. the grandkids are coming That's over. Right. And you don't want to be the one stuck with Raisin Bran as an eight-year-old. I loved Raisin Bran. As an eight-year-old? Oh, yeah. Because it got this. It still was sweet. The raisins were super sweet. It's nature's candy. Yeah, that explains a lot about Craig's disposition. <laughs> I'm sorry. I enjoy two things, a nutritious breakfast and sweet, sweet stuff. I'm not going to apologize to anyone for this. I like the fiber a raisin will bring, 
bring you. And as a 10-year-old, I thought it was good to be regular. I do remember whenever there would be small boxes of cereal, I immediately knew there would be absolutely no prizes involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the toss-up. I have memories of like cutting open the box in a very specific way and then pouring the milk in the box. Mm, oh, my God. And then making – it was like its own little bowl. Like a walking cereal? Yeah, like a <laughs> – yeah, like a Frito pie of cereal. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, I never did that. I would just, I would eat a lot of cereal. So we didn't get sugary cereal mm-hmm. hardly ever and for two reasons. One, because my parents didn't want to spend a lot of money on sugary cereal. And they knew that if we did get that, it would be gone really quick, mm-hmm. like within two days. And so back then, I mean, cereal is, I guess, expensive now. I don't eat cereal, but... It feels like it's expensive. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine if you are a parent and you want to give your kids some cereal, you don't want to watch them mow down a 3 to $5 box of cookie crisp in 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, I can't buy cereal for me because I will do that still as an adult. I'll do that with grape nuts. Ooh. Yeah, but grape nuts, are, uh, that, that'll put you on the toilet the next day, though. Do you like grape nuts? I do. Okay, so I get crap for liking raisin bran. But you get to like grape nuts. I like okay. shredded That's wheat cool. is my like probably one of my favorites. Special K. <laughs> Folks, this episode is so interesting. I'll be honest with you. I eat oatmeal every morning. So I am the old person cereal de facto winner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the episode though. What did, okay, what yeah. did you think about uh, Bart the Murderer? I thought it was really well done. It was wacky and fun and full of gags and good jokes and just kept me interested because it was, you know, it was a it was a gangster theme, mafia theme show, and I always like that stuff. And, and Greg is Italian uh, by I am Italian, <laughs> part of the Jack Salinis, right? Yeah, yeah. My my mother's side, my mother's maiden name is Jack Salini. <laughs> my father's last name is Bach. And let me tell you something. Did not go over well. Did not go over. It just, I mean, my 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 grandpa just started talking to my mother. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I I enjoyed it, and I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the fun of it. It was really cute. Yeah, for sure. Um, this I feel like is a really good Bart centric episode. Yeah. Um, because you know, as we kind of get away from season one and two, they start episodes start to become more homer centric but um i feel like this was a good like bart centric episode when he he's not just like the bad boy the bad kid the co- mm-hmm. cool kid but he actually has a more developed personality um and uh, i i don't know i really like it so it starts off um with bart and the whole field trip situation yeah, which has never happened to me. You've never, never you've never been left back on a field trip. No, no, no. That 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 permission slip was always signed on like day one or two because when you were told there was a, a field trip coming, you knew you one you were not going to be in school, mm-hmm. and two, you were probably going to the zoo. Oh yeah, for sure. I uh, I don't think I ever missed a field trip like that, uh, but I was on the other side of it as a teacher. Um, I have had to leave some kids back from field trips. Um, And that is a terrible thing to do as a teacher, even, especially when, like for me, I had communicated so many times and so many different ways with 
the people that needed to get that. They keep both the kids and the parents that needed to get those in. So it was never a good feeling for me. Lots of crying. Lots of crying. However, I never got to take any kids to the candy chocolate factory. Oh my god, it's so gross. <laughs> that, that watching them just is like it's like if Willy Wonka turned into the purge. It was really like Soviet Willy Wonka, where it was like gray, a gray factory where they made chocolate. Mm. Which I'm sure that's how it is, anyways. Probably, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, I, I want there to be a great glass elevator, but I'm sure there isn't, and that still hurts to think about. But we move on. It's too bad Ambrosia Chocolate's still not open here. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that place was a wonderland. It's <laughs> actually what John Mayer's song "Wonderland" was originally about. Ambrosia Chocolate, and he's like, "This is too weird. I got to turn it into a woman." Yeah, your um, your body is a wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there, and there was i mean there were so many fun cool things in it and you know like the you know he he uh doesn't get to go on the field trip so he has to lick envelopes for hours upon hours and hours and then he stumbles onto the uh the legitimate businessman's club yes. which oh my god i love that as, as somebody who has seen a bunch of mafia movies who has read a bunch on the actual mafia they always had their social club and just the idea is like a legitimate, a legitimate businessman's club. Yeah. I, that I long really to, to be a part of one of those clubs. Uh, not, not in the mafia. I don't want to be in the mafia, but I do want that kind of second place. That's just like cigar lounge bar type situation. I, I, that is, ah, oh, that's my bread and butter. That's what I want with life, baby. Do those even exist anymore? Uh, I went to one, uh, before COVID hit because my friend Robert, who is a legitimate businessman of Italian heritage. Mm, uh, sure. Uh, he, he, both of Roberto Jacksolini. No, no, no. Both of those things are true, but he, um, He's big into cigars, and so he yeah. was working with uh, these people that were starting like a private cigar club, where like you actually yeah. is like a like a clubhouse. You actually go and can hang out, and they have like leather chairs and stuff. So I went and smoked a cigar with him, uh, which I am perpetually impressed. If if a place has a leather chair, I am, I'm in awe of it. Really, that that's the type of wealth I want to be involved with. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> nothing less nothing less nothing more if you have a leather chair i think you are rich beyond my wildest dreams <laughs> i would totally go to a club but not for smoking cigars it would be for me to just relax sure like i always think about those silent clubs they have where you can't say anything you just go in there you read the paper oh i like that quiet i like the idea of a like a club like that where you just you when you walk in you have to put your phone in like a locker. Oh, absolutely! Oh my no god, no electronics, no electronics, no talking. It would be the opposite of hanging out with comedians. Yeah, well, I'd even be okay with talking, but I get the appeal of that too. But yeah. uh, I, like I, I've like toyed around with like with the, is that an idea for a bar? Like, can someone just start a bar and say no, no phones? I mean, you can. You can do anything you yeah, want. Yeah, but like, would there be a market for people who would want to be like, "Oh, this is a good idea"? 
Like instead of a coat awesome. check, you have like a phone check. Hey, legitimate business people out there, go to visitorsguidepodcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in this idea, let us know. We would like to get this going. I'll sell it to you. That idea. <laughs> I have a lot of ideas I could sell. For one leather chair. All he's charging is one <laughs> leather right. chair. It can be used. Uh <laughs> But I loved I loved the the mafia in the show. Uh, it was so funny. Joe Montana, as we said in the beginning, absolute American treasure. My favorite line. He actually he calls it back, but uh, when Chief Wiggins comes in and says, "Like, did you steal the truck? What's a truck? Yeah, what's a truck? What's a? You're under arrest for the murder of Seymour Skinner. What's a murder? Uh, the callback <laughs> is awesome. So this is the first uh, first time we see Fat Tony as well as his cronies, Legs and Louie. Uh, wow. Yeah, uh, which is really exciting because he becomes a reoccurring character. Legs and Louie do too. Legs and Louie, the crony of Fat Tony. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and you actually uh, meet additional Fat Tony cronies, including <laughs> down the line, including Johnny Tightlips. Whoa. Which is one of my favorite obscure characters from the series. Uh, so yeah, uh, do you, you like the mob you were talking about? I do. I will. Here's the thing: is when I was growing up, I used to read a lot about it. I used to read about the mafia a lot, uh-huh. and I watched TV shows and I watched documentaries about it. And I always thought they were really cool because they did whatever they wanted. And then somewhere in my like mid twenties, I realized, oh, this is just a group of bullies, yeah. and they're horrible human beings, and I don't want to be anything like yeah. them. And they're terrible people, no matter how cool we think they are. It's weird when like I realized like I was watching I remember watching The Sopranos and like really being into it and then like at some point I it switched and I was like oh Tony's the bad guy yeah and he, he's the main character but he's also like a bad guy legitimately so yeah they're all bad people I mean anytime they would not do something that was by social standards the correct thing to do. I would just be livid. I rewatched actually the entire Sopranos yeah. during my lockdown. I watched it in a week. Oh, wow. And by the end, I'm like, shoot every single person on this show, except for maybe AJ, because I feel like you've got deeper problems. Right. But yeah, I, it, I, 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 I'm now I'm fascinated by it because of the idea of where are they now? What are they doing now in a world of enhanced security, uh, you you mean I mean honestly like there's no code of silence you you know you don't you can't trust anybody and they're really seen as sort of a I don't want to, they're not a joke but they have nowhere near the stranglehold they had even twenty twenty five years ago right yeah organized crime in general doesn't seem to be well I don't know I don't very organized I don't know any organized <laughs> criminals I'll tell you that much all the criminals I know are <laughs> <laughs> they they cannot get their shit together. Where's my gun? Where's where did I put my gun? I have no idea where my gun is. But yeah, I mean, like there is so many great things in this episode that I love. I mean, the fact that you know, I I wrote down one word: cigarettes. I just love the fact that there was the, there were cigarettes in the cartoon. Uh, capital punishment was in a cartoon. Laramie brand cigarettes. Yep, yep. And we also got Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure in one episode. Oh yeah, double double duty there. Um, and listeners, if you're saying to yourself, Greg, like you all, you, you know, 
what's going on there? You know, you know these guys. I do know because those are two very popular characters. Yes, you don't have to be a Simpsons fan to know who those two people That's right. are. Or who voiced them, even. Mr. Oh, Mr. Phil. God rest his soul. You know, he's one of those guys who to this day, when you talk to comedians and you talk about the great ones and you say Phil Hartman, the the same reaction will always happen. It'll be like, oh, you know, so and Phil Hartman and everyone will go, yeah, like it, I don't feel like comedy, the industry, the people, whether you're writers, performers, we've, I don't think we've ever truly gotten over Phil Hartman because he went so quickly. He went so tragically. And I feel like he was just on the precipice of becoming a major superstar beyond where he already was. Yeah. I mean, he was already one of the funniest people on screen. And I think that when he died, he became a legend instantly. Yeah. And his death is one where we kind of look at it and say, yeah, that's that's a tragedy. That is one where you know we're never going to be able to truly get over because it was just so sad well luckily we do have several uh uh, several iterations of him on the simpsons to uh enjoy um throughout several seasons as well Mm -hmm. um and also wonderful movies and tv shows yeah a hundred percent um the laramie brand cigarettes uh that gag i i think is one of the ones that sticks out the most for me it was one that i remembered even from when I was younger, where Homer goes, I'm going to make you smoke all of these yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I think it's Louie or Legs, one of them comes in and is like, oh, we got the truck. And Homer goes, I'll <laughs> never believe or I'll never doubt you again or something like that. I like the line where uh, when Bart was telling them that he was kept be- kept back, uh the secretary said, uh, Principal Skinner, you have uh, some very large men. I did not. I didn't have an appointment with very large <laughs> men. I just love that line. <laughs> what did you think about the ending of the episode? Uh, it, specifically Skinner's story. I thought it was a great. It What it sounded like, it sounded like the it sounded like a story that Bart would have told to get out of yeah. something like just the building of this narrative to the point of wait, what? Yeah. And I just love that he told it in such a way of, he's like, now I'm going to tell you a story. He, he's telling it truly like a principal. He's telling a story that honestly has a lesson within the story of, it really comes down to recycle often. There's there's this really great moment within the story where he talks about how he grabbed a basketball and and counted how many times he could dribble it in a day. And then the animators, I think, really nailed it because he looks at Bart <laughs> like, mm? <laughs> oh man, like a little callback to the, the um, licking of the envelopes from the beginning. I, that part always kills me as well. I, th- I love the part in the fantasy where he's in prison for killing Skinner and the pastor just goes, they're there. Yeah. <laughs> they're there. Just that's it. Lovejoy is, uh, he, he's a real milk dud, you know? <laughs> and I do like that the all the crime guys uh, turn on Bart and just start <laughs> blaming him. That's just funny. I, I I love I love seeing the crime flow charts. Anytime there's a crime flow chart, I think it's great. And when it's silly, it's mm-hmm. even better. Absolutely, absolutely. A couple of things that were interesting. They did bring on a psychic detective, quote unquote, Princess Opal. 
that was big in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Big in the 80s and the 90s. Like, that was 90s a huge people. thing. People were making a lot of money off of not solving cases because psychics are not real. I just said that. Aren't they? I will debunk Princess Opal right now. Okay. Right now on this very show. About to take down the medium. You ready for this shit? You ready for this? About to blow the roof off this Alex Jones style. Greg goes high on mediums. That was terrible. All right. Greg gets low on mediums. Goes low. Sounds like you're sucking a medium's dick. I don't know. Oh, All right. Go okay. ahead. You know what? This is how I know that Princess Opal is full of poop. She says in the episode, Delta Burke and Major Dad, not long for this no. world. Well, guess what? They've been married since 1989. I don't know who Major Dad is. Gerald McCraney, Major Dad. You never watched Major Dad? No. Oh, my God. If you looked up Gerald McCraney, you'd recognize him. Did you watch House of Cards? Some of it. He was on that show. I can't remember. He was a billionaire, like, tycoon uh, influencer. But, like, he's a an, he's been acting for, like, 50 years. He was on the show uh, Daryl and Daryl. Was it Daryl and Daryl? No. Uh, Daryl? Oh, God. It was. What was that? What was I'm that? Look up major, I'm looking up Major Dad right now. Images. I should have. There you go. That. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw this. Simon and Simon was the name of the show. There we go. Oh, yeah. that guy. Okay, I know who that guy is. They've been married for 31 years. So Princess Opal is full of princess shit. Well, who'd have seen it coming, you know? Uh, I would like more credit for serving the medium community. Have there any ever been any mediums that have actually helped solve a case? I couldn't tell you that. Hmm. I'm sure that I will say this. What I'm positive of is that there have been some really good guesses by mediums sure. that have been uh, part of a case that coincided with evidence or or suspects, and they probably get way too much credit. Yeah, more credit than they deserve. Because I mean, yeah, because all that stuff that's is all crap. that being a medium is is just like educated guessing under the guise of of uh, the supernatural. Yeah, if you want a really great takedown of of psychics, go and watch the episode of last week tonight where John Oliver talks about that. He gets real oh. into that stuff, and and I love it because I think they're all a bunch of bullshit. You know, I just listened to a separate podcast about... Um, was it ours? It was not. It was called oh. Behind the Bastards, which is a Ooh. podcast about bad people in history. It's a very good podcast. But they did an episode about uh, Ronald Reagan had an astro astrologer. Yep. Yeah. They that did. was Nancy Reagan. She loved that shit. Yep. They had, I think it was a two-parter. They did two whole episodes on that specific lady. And boy, oh boy, what a piece of garbage. Yep, 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 yep. They're trash, and I don't care if you like them. And I've been yelled at by people because I don't like them. I've been yelled at because I don't believe in it. And someone will always come at me with a story, and they'll say the same thing. But you don't understand. Here's what happened. I'm like, I don't care. I do not care. Here's what happened. He sold missiles to Iran, and this is the party of people that now hate Iran. Ah. Yeah, it's, it's, hey, remember when that party hated Russia like five years ago, ten years ago? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's. Ugh. Uh, a couple of gags I thought was really fun was the pizza truck driving away and then in its place is Flowers by Irene. Yes. 
Oh my God. That's just, that's just, those are the things I love the most, just those little bits and, and, and trying to imagine them sitting in a writer's room or maybe someone wrote it right away. I don't know, but like just you've been in those, those situations when you're sitting in a room with writers and you're just pitching jokes and then someone comes up with a joke and, and in a really great environment, in a great, um, encouraging space it doesn't matter who comes up with the joke the big laugh is all you care about and it's great that someone came up with it so absolutely yeah that that was a good one i think uh another gag i really loved uh, and i may be skipping ahead here but it was the gag at the end uh with the tv made for tv special oh yeah yeah yeah. and the fact that doogie hauser just the wig you can see yeah. he's wearing to look like Bart. I was going to look it up. I wasn't sure if he was still popular at that point on Doogie Hauser. Well, he would have had to have because he was called Doogie Hauser. Yeah, it was it was the early 90s, so So it was probably he was still very popular because there was a time and there was a solid like 15 years where he was kind of a joke because he was a child star. Right. And no one took him seriously and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, did you hear Doogie Hauser did Broadway?" Oh, who cares? And then uh, Harold and Kumar, and then kaboom, he's back. And let me tell you something. I love those stories. I love watching performers who we worship for a certain amount of time come back in the face of all of us crapping on them. Yeah. And the number one, I think that I, I think, I think Neil Patrick Harris is one of the best examples, but I think the best example of someone who, if they were to die today, this country as a cultural mourning process would happen real deep would be Keanu Reeves. Oh, I forget that he was, that he was a a child star. He was a young star and he did movies and then we all made fun of him because he talked a certain way. And then he did the matrix and we're like, Oh, the matrix is really cool. And then he sort of went away a little bit again. Then we got depressed Keanu, which I think was the beginning of his resurgence. I mean, the man is truly one of the greatest human beings ever. And I mean, truly philanthropy, kindness, attitude, everything about him is so good. Multiple videos of him giving up his seat on the train in New York to complete strangers that don't know he's Keanu Reeves. The amount of money he's given away in private with no... No one knowing is in the tens of millions of dollars. He's given away so much. He gave away like 80% of his pay to the Matrix production team because he felt that because of them, they made the movie great. And it wasn't his performance. It was their performance. That's awesome. He is just, oh, but but that's my point is like, I love seeing those stars make comebacks in the face of us like making fun of them for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I love that, especially when they're gracious. Still waiting on that Eric Stoltz come, come back, but I think it'll come. You never know. I mean, he didn't get to be in Back to the Future, but you never know. Back to Back to the Future. <laughs> he could be in the next Back to the Future movie where they create a Back to the Future multiverse where he is actually Marty McFly. Oh, my God. I would pay money to see that. Oh. Yeah, where there's just Spool your mind. time warps. Oh, that's a yep. That's a good screenplay, uh, Greg. You need to start writing that. Speaking, I already wrote it. Speaking of writers, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, I think I know where it's going. Speaking, Give me the name. Speaking of writers, the writer of this episode was Schwartzwelder. Jan Schwartzwelder. Uh, actually, so something I noticed in this episode. 
and it is complete conjunction with the last episode. Mm-hmm. Bart Simpson is a lefty. I don't know that that's something I've ever paid attention to. He wrote the note when he said, can I go home, please? And he couldn't talk because of his tongue. He writes the note. He writes it with his left hand. Flanders made that store for Bart. Wait, hold on. I need to see. I don't doubt. I want to see a picture. You're doubting me. No, I want to. What I want to see is a picture of because when I picture a, a chalkboard gag, he's writing with his right. Then he's ambidextrous. So that it's more open for the frame. Then he's ambidextrous. Then he's a- would be ambidextrous. But let me let me Google a picture, chalkboard. Yeah, that, how crazy would that be if he was? Nope, you're right. It is his left hand. Bart Simpson is a lefty. Oh, South Paul Simpson. You got it, Greg. Wow, that's something there I never picked up on. That is good on you. I've. Who's, I feel like we are the superior now? podcast now. Yeah, who's who's the real <gasps> the visitor has become the guide. <laughs> <laughs> and that, folks, is the end of our program forever. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, no, it was a, this was definitely a fun episode. I liked it. It it made me laugh and giggle. Honestly, like I'm I'm not waiting for I'm not hoping for a bad episode, but I feel like we're going to be getting into some territory of just, it's just going to be fun to watch these. You're not going to get a bad episode for a while. That's yeah. if I remember correctly. So yeah, it's, it's been really fun watching these. And I want to uh, really quick too, as far as the, the, the last thing we see is where, where Bart says, you know what? Crime doesn't pay. And fat Tony says, you're, you know what? You're right. And gets into a car. The license plate reads mafia staff car. Keep your hands off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which i think is funny because uh fat tony wouldn't be in a staff car fat tony would be in his car the staff car would be filled with the henchmen the cronies and you know the unmade men that's right not the capo not the cop capo de tu copy capo de tu copy me capo is su capo uh me capo es su Capodopolis. You know what they call a handsy head of the mafia? It's a capo feel. Uh, capo feel is my favorite Irish tea. <laughs> oh, I don't. I'm. I'm out. I'm. I You're done. Any, You're I don't done. have any. Well, more. yeah, it was, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, this, next this week we'll be I'm featuring our new bad new host. Yeah. That's why I'm bad at improv. It's just like and scene done. I'm out. I don't <laughs> we just started the scene and scene. I'm just like and I'm done. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and this is stupid. And you just walk off stage. <laughs> yeah, man. Did you did you ever train in improv? I took a, like a couple like single, like one off seminars but nothing oh no i did take it i took one class uh with with uh, mojo dojo was what they were called at the time but um now they're ampersand i don't think i took anything more than that though gotcha yeah it was it's always been something i've been like in awe of yeah but i think it's because i don't have the brain to do that yeah, I'm kind of indifferent in improv right now. When I see really good improv, I'm absolutely in awe of it. When I see medium improv, I want to 
blow my head off. I've said this before, and I will say this again. I would rather watch terrible stand-up than medium improv. Because with terrible stand-up, I can see what they're trying to do, and that in that entertains me. Mm-hmm. Medium improv or bad improv is just watching people break rules all the time and try to emulate what they see on television and in movies. That's probably more frustrating for you because you trained in improv. Yeah. Whereas I... You wouldn't know it if you saw me perform. I never want to yeah. see bad stand-up because uh, it just makes me cringe oh see i love bad stand-up and i'm not talking about when i say bad stand-up but like for everybody listening i don't mean like problematic cringy stand-up that bothers me in fact if you want to know if you if you want a good impression of what i look like at a mic ask ryan mason he does a great greg bach at an open mic impression Mm -hmm. but it's it's when you it's like when you're watching just someone hopelessly bomb but you can you can see on stage what they're trying to do it's just not landing and that is what makes me laugh I hate seeing someone hopelessly bomb and then see you can see the wheels turn in their head and seeing that that they're really loving it and thinking that they're doing really well. You know that kind of like delusion that you have to have when you start. Oh yeah. Like but when like someone's bad like that makes like watching the Joker. You know what I'm talking about yeah. where he's mm-hmm. doing stand up I couldn't, I couldn't get through that scene. I had to like fast forward it. Cause I was like, I can't, I've sat through enough of the, I've seen enough of these people. Yeah. See, that's not, and that's what I'm, I'm not talking about that either. I'm talking about someone like, like watching one of our buddies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stage, I, like seeing, I like seeing Ryan Mason bomb. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love seeing Ryan Mason bomb. Hey, Ryan Mason, you suck at comedy. I'm just, we should have him on the podcast. <laughs> he needs his ego in check. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess, yeah. Well, like when it comes to stand up, it's like watching your friend bomb on stage. It's not, yeah, that watching Joker, watching him bomb on stage. I'm like, that is mental illness. Yeah, on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, we've seen a lot of that in person. So that's Absolutely. why I don't. That's yeah. Watching one of my friends like try and try out new material and not do well. That's fun. But yeah, exactly. So. But they know what they're doing. Exactly, they are professionals. So yeah, Tyler, Greg. Where can people find you? Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at jtylermens for the steaming hot takes. <laughs> takes as hot as a steamed ham. Uh, and yeah, like all mold steamed ham. Ste- that's a Greg that went right on over your head, and I'm so excited to show you that episode. <laughs> See, I'm not quite the guide yet. You'll get steamed hands soon enough. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I am not on Facebook anymore. And you lucky son of a biscuit. I'm not performing anytime soon, so you just get the hot takes. Or follow my shit posting account on Instagram at bongrippers69. <laughs> Is that for real? Yes. <laughs> Mostly Buff Garfield I memes. I cannot believe that that was not taken by this point in time. Oh, baby, it, I've got it on. I've got it on PlayStation. I've got it on Reddit. You got it on lock? I've got Bong Ripper 69 on lock. <laughs> did, did you buy .com? No, but I think I do have it on Twitter, too. i got to check that out. Where, where are they going to find you at? I, uh, you can find me at Bong Ripper 68. Uh <laughs> Uh, for my cold takes 
uh, those are mostly just compliments. I mostly just compliment people. That's what I do. I'm just a very positive person, and I want to dispel any rumors that the bong rippers are mean. That's right. Even though Mister Sixty Nine is kind of a douche. And I don't know if I mentioned it's a it's rippers with a Z. <laughs> of course it is. Because I'm cool. Because as you're saying, it's just a pair of Oakley blades drop <laughs> down a, over your eyes. Deal I with it. Uh, <laughs> God. No, you can find me on the social medias. I am Greg Bach. I-A-M-G-R-E-G-B-A-C-H. I am Greg Bach. On all the social medias, except for Snapchat, that one you have to work for. Ooh, I'm just putting that one out there. Because feet pics. He's posting his feet <laughs> pics. You got to follow yeah. his OnlyFans for feet pics. Yeah. Uh, mine, is, mine is just an OnlyFan. Just fan. Uh, and also I'm, I did, I did join the TikTok, and I have content there. I have five videos. You're welcome. The world. There you go. Um, there's the Milwaukee comedy and, uh, laughing tap. Yep. Milwaukeecomedy.com for all your comedy needs. You can also follow social media, Milwaukee comedy, laughing tap, uh, actually in social media, it's the laughing tap. The website's laughing tap, but that's the comedy club in Milwaukee that I am part owner and, uh, Booker and things of that nature. And we have shows coming up every week. And we just did the comedy festival, which was a rousing success in the middle of a GD pandemic. Sweet. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, you can find us. Just uh, or just just Google our names. You'll, we'll come up. I mean, we're the most famous Greg Box and Tyler Menzies in the towns. That's true. That's I would like to think so. If you want to follow us, the podcast it's Visitor Guide Pod. That's on Twitter. Singular Visitor, Singular Guide, Singular Pod on Twitter. And if you want to set the story, by the way, yep. uh, Greg has been doing a really great job of posting Simpsons memes and uh, based content on on that uh, on that Twitter, Twitter account. account. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so that's where we're we're housed mainly right now. Uh, you can also find us on your favorite podcast distribution outlet center. If you're liking this episode, if you want to listen to more episodes, they're all available. All the back catalog because we this show is actually pretty effing old. Send us an email or slide into our DMS with your favorite shows, your favorite quotes, your, you know, your thoughts on the show itself and uh, let us know what you're thinking, you know? And uh, if you like this, leave us a five-star review on a a podcast distribution outlet. We'd love to have that. Uh, We're back baby after a few years hiatus, as some of you may not know, Uh, but we're happy to be doing this and happy that you're coming along. Right on. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. that didn't sound convincing. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't sound very thankful at all. Thank you um, for listening. <laughs> see, that thanks was Bong Ripper 69. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. You're great. Take care. Bye. We'll see you next time. Bye.